Welcome back to episode number 109 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. Everybody's voice. Anybody that's out there listening, you can email me, jeff at the MP Dude.com. And that'll, that'll get you uh, straight to me. If you have an issue, you got a problem, you got a headache, I don't care what it is, I want to hear about it because if it's bugging you, it's got to be bugging me and it should be bugging everybody else. So, what I want you to do is give me a PM or uh, an email. Keep me up to date with what's going on with you. And I got a couple of them today that I want to talk about. One is something I just saw through uh, channels, backdoor. Nobody's talking on it on Facebook, though. I'm surprised. I'm really shocked. I thought it'd be flared up all over the place, but it's not there. So we'll do that one second. The first one we're going to talk about today is um, is one that I've gotten multiple, multiple comments, not just one. So any one specific person, when I talk about this, I'm talking about you, but I'm talking about three or four other people. And it's just comes to see, it seems to be a theme, and I'm going to do my very, very best to try to explain my position on it, and uh, hope that at least I can shed some light on the potential issues and problems, and so that you guys can go into into circumstances with eyes open. That's the best thing you could do. Now, whether you go in blind, that's a problem. You get sideswiped that way. You don't even know what you don't know. But if you at least know the right questions to ask, when something feels a little bit uh, hinky and your your hackles start to come up on the back of your neck, you can shut it down before it becomes a problem and get it off your plate so it's not an issue. We'll talk about that here in a second. First, let's talk about uh, some housekeeping stuff. I've got um, 1830-something on Facebook. We're getting there. It's been slow. I've been, it's so busy. I'm, I'm working a lot more at work, and I've been doing some contract review, which is fantastic, by the way. So if you guys need contracts reviewed, don't forget, email me, and I'll uh, take a look at that. But only in Ohio. I got a lot of people all over the country. I mean, I like I posted that in a couple places. Some people have tagged me, and I got the floodgates, man. And so I'm, I'm kind of pointing some people in the right direction. I'm not giving legal advice to out-of-state people. you got to be in Ohio. I'll give you you know some, some uh, recommendations of where to go get your information, but I'm not going to review your... It's snowing. Damn it. All right, whatever. Um, that was flustering. <laughs> I got somebody going 30 miles an hour in a 65. Come on, dude. Speed it up, man. I know there's a train coming. Let's race it. All right. So... Um, how can you support the show? That's another thing I want to talk about. You can support the show in a couple different ways. The first is by sharing the episode, sharing the main page to your friends on Facebook. That's a great way of doing it. You can just tell your buddies at school, hey, I got this wacky guy I've been listening to. He's helping with this APRN type class stuff. That's just the, the legal side of things, the business side of things, and any of those headaches that we deal with day to day that aren't necessarily clinical based. And... Um, and it's kind of fun to listen to. You don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. If I get a lot of people telling me that they, they enjoy it. So um, keep listening, guys. Tell, tell your friends. That's a great way of supporting the show. Another way, Amazon affiliate link. And I'll tell you what the funny thing is of the day. I, I, it made me cry. And I might post it to my Facebook page because it was just that funny. Um, Amazon Affiliate Link, you can support the show by going onto my website, thenpdude.com. You can click on the Amazon banner. It will take you straight to Amazon. You do the shopping you otherwise would have done. It does not charge you a single penny more to do this. So you go right there. You do your shopping. It kicks me back a couple of percent of what you purchased. What am I using it for? I'm going to help pay for the web hosting next year. That's what I'm using this for. 
So this is income. I got to pay taxes on it and all that stuff. So when it's all said and done, I'm not going to make any money doing this. I, I promise you, I'm not like you know becoming a mogul of, of internet success doing this. But it's it's uh, I think an important set of topics that people need to learn about, and it's fun for me to talk about. And um, you know, but I want you guys to help me share in the cost of doing it. If it's good enough to listen to, and you take advantage of that. You can go to Amazon, do your purchasing through my website, and um, it just it uh, helps support the show. Another way, in this one, I don't, I'm not seeing anybody. I got a couple people that have done it, but not many. You can donate if you just think this show is worth a worth a buck. Go down, click the link uh, for the donate. You have to have a PayPal account, and uh, just hit donate, and it'll take you right to PayPal, and you can donate a buck or whatever you want, fifty bucks. I don't care. I'll take it. Um, but. It, I don't expect you guys to use that. I was just playing around with the coding and stuff in the in my website, and I got it to work, and it was like, wow, that's a miracle. So um, I just let it sit there in case somebody's feeling spunky, you can donate to the show. Another way you can support the show if you're in Ohio and you have a contract that's coming up, if you want me to review your contract, I would be happy to do that. I charge a very, very modest fee. It's not... Um, even remotely close to what you're going to pay if you go to one of the big firms and they do not have an APRN JD on staff. I can almost guarantee you there's like five of us that I know of in the country. So, and, and there may be, I'm sure there's more, but I don't know of them. So the chances of finding somebody that's very intimately familiar with, with APRN contracts that's negotiated several of them personally, as well as helped dozens of people with, with their contracts um, and know what the norms are in Ohio, I am that guy. So don't forget, you can do that. You can support the show by just emailing me your contract and saying, hey, I want you to review this, jeff at the npdude.com. All right, so let's get into the thick of it. Um, oh, chronic intractable t-shirts. I, I've got another company that's more local, so it's a little easier for me, and they're working up a price. It's gonna be about the same as what my other deal was, but they can make it exactly what I want. That's what I'm told. So I'm waiting for them to get back to me. I'm hoping by, um, it's not Thanksgiving. It's tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I was hoping to have them like printed by tomorrow. But once I get the, the mock-up of it, it takes like two weeks to get. So it should be in December. So chronic intractable t-shirts, I promise they're coming. Hopefully before Christmas, they'll be in your, you know, in your dresser drawer waiting for you to wear them. So, um, but that's a lot of fun. If you guys want a chronic intractable t-shirt, oh boy, heartbreak, a little icy, jeepers, all right. Um, if you want a chronic intractable t-shirt, what I need from you is an email, jeff at the npdude.com. I know I say it all the time, but I just, it's, I want you guys to understand that. It's the best way to get me. And, uh, send me the size of the t-shirt. It's a black t-shirt. It's got white printing on it. And I'll send you kind of like what the mock-up looks like. So it's going to be close to what this is if it's not exact. And, um, what I'm thinking is I'm going to be charging 25 bucks just because I got to send them. I was thinking 20, but the price is a little bit more than I thought. Um, I'm getting nicer shirts. I'm getting Jersey t-shirts instead of cheapos. So I want something that's going to last for you. Um, but it's going to be like 25, I'm 90% sure that's what the price is going to be until I get my official quote, but I'm thinking 25 bucks, email me your size address. And, um, as soon as I get those, um, I'll, I'll, do a first run and I'll get those guys get those sent out to you guys. So um, let me know if you want a chronic contractable shirt. I'll send you the mock-up. I'll reply with like what the picture looks like so you at least have an idea if you really want to pull the trigger on it. And I'll confirm with you guys um, if you really want them um, right before I actually order them, which will be sometime next week. So uh, chronic contractable t-shirts are finally coming. I know, right? It's just so hard. I'm working like 50 hours, 60 hours a week, plus charting at home, plus, you know, Cub Scouts and wrestling and um, reviewing contracts at 4 o'clock in the morning and, 
you name it, I'm doing it. So, uh, and doing this show too. So I got a lot going on, but I want to do this for you guys because it's fun. I think it's just funny. So what are we going to talk about today? Let's get into it. The, um, the main theme of what I'm hearing from multiple people, and it's whether it's a, it's something I'm, I'm guiding somebody for, for this is none of my contract review people, by the way, I'm not going to, you know, have any kind of violation with the board of, of, or the uh, Supreme court of Ohio and blow any rules on that. But I'm hearing multiple people say, Jeff, where, where's my liability really fall when I'm doing like special procedures and things that, you know, I'm really not taught in school and it's not within the scope of what I'm typically doing as far as my basic training and skill and knowledge and all that stuff that I obtained on paper and certification. And how, how I mean that is, I get people that will say, you know, I'm, I'm FNP and I want to go work in the ER, right? So I've done a bunch, bunch of shows on that. And I've kind of touched on this a bunch, right? But I'm going to try to break it down even more simple. I'm going to try. It's hard, right? Because we're so convoluted how we, have, how we practice. What, what is the, um, what's the liability? And what's the, the pitfalls of this? So here was the hypothetical. And I'm going to use a little bit more of the hypothetical than probably I normally do because I want this person to know I'm talking about them. So say you're an um, adult Jero NP. That's your, that's your formal education and you got an adult Jero certification. You've had no other formal training at all to do anything else other than just treat adult Jero population. And then you go to work for a practice and they want to start doing like uh, Botox injections, right? So how, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, you go get certified for that if that certification exists. And I'm going to use Botox because a lot of people ask about that one. So Botox, there's a certification path. I've never actually looked up what the certification path is for it, but I know there is one. So at, at minimum, you're going to want to do that. <laughs> you're going to want to at least get certified. The big deal here with all of this is that most people muddy the waters between your scope of practice with your board and your liability. Two totally different things. Not equates at all. Now, your scope of practice from the board is a minimum that says you're allowed to go out and do what it is that you're, you're licensed for. I'm FNP, so I'm licensed to do family practice. Does that say I can, I can go do derm? I can, kind of, yes, but there's some caveats in there on how you get up and go around getting things like that. But the, but the thing that, that frustrates me the most is that people want to say, well, my board says it's okay, so I'm okay, I'm safe. So if the board says it's okay, they'll protect me. The board doesn't do shit for you other than make you have pain. Doesn't matter what state it is. They are not there to protect you. They are not there to protect you. They are not there to protect you. The board of nursing are the cops. They're not there to protect you. They're there to protect the public from you. You're the bad guy in this situation, even if you're not doing anything wrong, but you're the bad guy. So if something goes sideways, do you think they're going to be on your side? Hell no, they're not. They're going to be on the people's side that gets hurt. So assuming that the board is there to help you is crap. They are not there to help you. They are not there to help you. People get this so, I don't know why people don't understand this. They're the cops. It's basic, like 
seventh grade government class, right? It's, it's, you know, civics. They're part of the executive branch. They're the enforcers. They work for the governor. They're one of the divisions that's under the control of the governor. They're appointees. They're not elected. I don't think anybody in the, in the country is elected as a board member. But they're, um, they're appointed. So you can't go to them and say, oh, well, my standard of care is met because I, you know, I'm meeting the standard threshold that the board requires for me to be a licensed practicing nurse practitioner. Wrong. Not the standard of care. The standard of care is what would a reasonably prudent person in the same or similar circumstance do, and that is it. And go back to listen to my malpractice basics episode. It's one of the very first ones. And, and I break down what a tort liability is in malpractice. And I talk about this all the time. But it's so many people just don't understand it. So I'm trying to redirect people back to that. Because if you understand the basic foundation of tort liability, your charting will be improved just by understanding what your tort liability is. Your, your level of protection will be improved because you understand what tort liability is. Have you closed all the loops? That's that's covering your bases for tort liability. So what what is the the standard here? Now, how, how the standard of care and the minimum allowed by your board for practice against different. So how do you measure the standard of care? It's a pain in the ass, right? You have to look at every circumstance. So if you put somebody on a blood pressure medicine, what's the standard of care? JNC 8, JNC 7, maybe, it's debatable. Your office policy of how you handle, you know, changing medications. What would be another one would be, um, you know, maybe this new, uh, the new cardiology recommendations that are insane in my opinion, but whatever. You know, it just, I, which one's the standard of care? Great question. So they look to experts to do that. And, and dispute what the standard of care is in a lawsuit. So why is it a big deal if you're not certified in something extra? Because they're going to have experts that are going to tell the lawyers that you do not have the proper certification. That the people against you, the plaintiff's attorney, will come in and say, Mr. Powers, I, I couldn't help but notice that uh, you, know, you did really well in your FNP program. Fantastic. Excellent work. Uh, commendable, really. I'm sure you're very, very good and thorough in family practice. What makes you think that you have any competence working in an ER? Uh, in acute care setting. Did you get your acute care certification? You know there's a post-master's certificate for that, right? And there's a whole other certification that you can get for that? What was the reasoning that you didn't do that certification? Do you see where this is going? There's no good answers to any of these questions, right? Even if you're the most competent person in the world, even if you were following the standard of care, they're going to shred you. They're going to shred you. They were going to shred you. So if you have 30 years experience as an FNP working in the ER, you may be able to say, look, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know the standard of care since JNC1. <laughs> Whatever, right? So... You can use that. Those are bricks of evidence that go in the wall that is the case. That's the best analogy that was taught to me in law school. It's always bricks of evidence that make up the wall. So everything is part of the brick. And some bricks are bigger than others. And some are little bricks. And some are soft and squishy and don't hold much weight. And some are really hard and, and firm and will, will carry a lot of weight. 
So you have to you have to analyze your personal situation. If you're a new grad NP going into a specialty, it's going to take a long time for you to to really get the the credibility that is going to provide you the protection that you that you really want. It's going to be difficult. So, and back to my derm analogy. If I was an FNP, which I am, and I wanted to go work in derm, I, there's nothing in the state board that will preclude me from doing that. There's no acute. There's no derm certification that is a you know postmaster certificate. There's nothing in there. It's a open. And I, I think this is the way it should be. It's an open agreement between me and the practice that I'm working for. That if I, um, you know, if, if you want to train me and teach me, and and here's my limitations, and we set this out in in writing, and as the experience becomes available, I'll take the opportunities to learn it, and we'll do sign-off sheets to prove that I've done them, and um, you know, you can gain some of that skill, and you can start to get to become more autonomous over time. But if something goes sideways and you don't know your limitations, you're screwed. And sometimes as an NP, we just don't know what we don't know when we are in a specialty. I don't know a lot about psych. You know, the, the handful of classes that I had in, in my NP pro, FNP program did not prepare me to treat somebody with bipolar disorder. So I am not making a med change for that. Period. Somebody comes in and says, hey, I, you know, I got bipolar. Hey, you want to just take over treatment? That? Nope. Sorry, we'll get you to a psychiatric nurse practitioner. They, they're fantastic with that stuff. That's what they do. Way outside of my scope. Plus, there's an acute care post-master's certificate you can get for it. So I would want to do that if that was something I desired to do. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't really don't like psych. I don't understand it. I just don't. I wish I did. I can make more money. But I just don't. I, just, I, I don't know. I just don't understand it. I think it's um, it's it's stressful. It makes my anxiety higher when people are anxious. <laughs> it's just like, it does. It really does. So just give me my old codgers with blood pressure and diabetes problems, and that's where I live. Little kids that are sick with coughs and colds. I love it. It's fun. Wow, there's a ton of deer in the field. Holy crap! There's one, two tomorrow. This, let's see. It's uh, three days, four days till deer season. One, two, three. Nice big body does. Man snowing out, the corn's cut, deers are running, that's right, I said deers, I'm from Ohio, I get to say deers, just in case you're not a hunter, deer is plural, deers is hillbilly, so I think, I think that, that the, the big picture here is just understanding that if you're going into an agreement with somebody that is a specialty, where there is not a postmaster certificate, I would mandate that they send me somewhere for some kind of training that I get a piece of paper that says I spent, you know, a week, you know, 60 hours, I don't care, two weeks of training, specialized training, doing whatever that skill is, whether it's doing joint injections, doing, doing, um, um, intubation, I don't care. If it's outside of your scope of what you're normally doing, you need something to protect you. Now, the big thing here is, Knowing that you're meeting the standard of care. Now, if you're certain and you're out there and you're working and you've been doing this forever and you are, for all intent and purposes, you're the expert. You've been working side by side with cardiology for 15 years and you know every step that they're going to do next. You know it. You don't do the cats, but you do everything else. 
You can run stress tests. You can do, you know, all these other stuff. All the stuff. Reading echoes. Everything. As long as you're meeting the standard of care, in theory, even if you get sued, you still met the standard of care. But they will shred your your um, experience, knowledge, training, and skill to do that. And you got to be ready to back it up. And say, look, now I've been doing this for 15 years. How many have you seen? Oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 this year? How many other problems have you ever had? None. Okay, well, that's probably pretty credible. It's bricks of evidence. And there's no good answer for it. That's the problem. Everybody wants to know, cut and dry, where's my liability end? It doesn't work that way as a professional. You're always going to have some liability that's out there where you're like, man, this just makes me a little nervous. And you have to tighten that up as much as you can. So if it feels like something's, man, those hackles are coming up on the back of the neck, you got to get them to the physician because they, the, they have the MD or DO. That's going to protect the case. And if they do catch something that you missed, man, you did the exact right thing. You followed your standard of care. If something was wonky and it went sideways, you got them to the right person and it was caught soon. Or maybe they were gonna, it was going to go sideways despite everything being done right. At least you did the, the standard of care. If the standard of care for an NP is when I see something beyond my scope of practice or that I don't feel comfortable with, I have to refer them and here's the process that we have to do it by in my collaborative agreement if you have one. Or, or um, you, know, you get them to a specialist right away. That's, that's outside of your practice or whatever you need to do to get that done. So that, that, that's what that, and that, that makes me nervous every day when I see somebody with, with a problem and I'm like, man, I, you got kind of chest pain and maybe it's GERD, maybe it's a heart attack. I don't, we're going to get an EKG now, but you need to be aware you need to go to the hospital if this gets worse right now. That covers you. You did it. You told you, your standard of care is met. We'll get you to a cardiologist because it's outpatient. You go to the ER, they're just going to, you know, they're going to turn you right around if your EKG is normal. But if it's, you got chest pain. You go now. Nine one one. Don't wait. So it's scary. You get people that are pretty sick, and you're like, man, this person could borderline be inpatient right now. They don't want to go. They're going to sign themselves out AMA, and they come to you after they've had a stroke. And they're like, yeah, I signed myself out. They can't talk. They got slurred speech, and they got half their faces drooping. It's like, geez, oh Pete, you need to be inpatient. This is a clot. You could add TPA. Geez, oh Pete. And people just don't know. They're like, I don't really like hospitals. I want to come to you. Okay, well, that's flattering, but um, I can't do this stuff. I don't have the resources. I'm outpatient family practice, man. So it's scary when you get those cases. And you got to be really, really careful how you document that so that when somebody does falter, that you say that you've told them that they need to be inpatient. It's not, you, you don't condone that they signed out AMA. I mean, I'm just, that's, I've had this happen multiple, with multiple different ailments. So I'm not blowing a hip up, but makes you nervous. Knowing your standard of care is, is probably the number one problem that people don't realize that when they're doing something, you need to be knowing what the protocols are, what the standards are. And if you don't know what the standards are, you need to be looking them up right now before you even remotely provide a medicine. And it takes time. If you start, oh, well, I saw one time 10 years ago that they did this for that type of person. I'll just do it. You know, that, that should do. Uh-uh. You need to look it up. Up to date. Med, Medscape is what I use. Up to date's great. I don't have a, a version of it. But there's other ones too. You can go to your collaborative if something's fun, funky. I go to people all the time and ask questions. This is for the new NPs out there. You old NPs, you know what you're doing. Not worried about you guys. But the board does not equal your limitations of liability. Absolutely wrong. Please stop thinking that way. I know I'm harping on it, but it's that important. It really, really is. 
Topic two. This one's going to be quick because we're at 23 minutes or so and I'm driving and looking for deer now because they're all over the place. I won't see a single one on Monday when I'm out in the woods. I guarantee it. <laughs> I see them all the time right before deer season and they're not there. Oh, well. I'm taking my 10-year-old out with me. He's going to love it. He's not hunting. He's just sitting with me. It's going to be fun. So, um, AMA, American Medical Association, put out a put out a statement, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago, that says, um, we have concerns about the number of jurisdictions or states that are allowing, and I'm not, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't read the entire thing, I just scanned like the, the quotes from it. Um, they're concerned about the number of free practice or full practice authority states and that it's dangerous. That there, people are going to die in the streets. Everybody's going to die. It's going to be disaster. Everybody's going to die. No, oh, no, die, 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 die. Well, up until that point, they were kind of silent on this, but they finally drew a line in the sand and said that they don't, they don't condone um, the nurse practitioner fields getting opening up and um, they don't like that idea. And it's funny to me. The, the AAMP did a rebuttal to it and like said, look, we do, we do call, and it was very professional. So I think AAMP did a great job. So if anybody who's with AAMP that is like a head person out there, email me. I want to talk to you. I really do. Um, because your marketing, I think we could do better on AAMP because I think you guys do a great job, but I'm not, um, I'm not convinced that your marketing is getting out there the way it should be. Um, AAMP did a professional, you know, just statement to the statement from the AMA, AMA and said, look, we're disappointed that they've taken that stance, something like this, and that, you know, it's been proven time and time again that NPs, APRNs in general, doesn't matter, all APRNs, have proven themselves time and time again to be cost-effective, um, high-quality care, and that the patients desire to see us. And um, I thought that was a great response because it's true and it doesn't get in the mud and it doesn't, you know, you don't, you're not going to roll around in the, in the mud with the pigs when the pigs start slurring, you know, slurring speech and, you know, throwing slurs at us is what I mean. So, so I thought that was good. But the, the thing is, is that what I wanted to say, the big thing about this is AANP, there's, they made a statement that two, and they were proud of this statement. There's 234,000 registered APRNs. That's everything, not just nurse practitioners. That's all of them, CNSs and, and CRNAs and, and uh, midwives, everybody, as well as NPs. 234,000 of us in the country. That's a huge number. And they were proud that 80,000 people have joined AANP. That's a big number. I'm not 80,000 is a city. That's a big, big number. But that's less than half. That's a third. <laughs> it's almost a third. It's a little over a third, right? Of the NPs, our, our members of AANP, if we had 75% of the people join AANP, you know how much money they would have to, to lobby? We'd have full practice everywhere. We really would, guys. AANP is our organization. They are the people. You know, I said that the, the board doesn't look out for you. AANP is looking out for you. And, and I'm not trying to drum up business for AANP. I mean, I, I get nothing from them. I'm, I'm endorsing them because I think that they're the best avenue for us to get more respect in the, in the profession. I really do. The dues aren't that much. 
They've got great resources. I've gotten my money's worth already in continuing ads online. I'll sit there on a Sunday and I'll just chart for a couple hours in the morning before the kids get up. I'll put on an AANP topic of discussion and I'll sit there and learn about AFib or I'll sit there and learn, learn about, learn about um, did one on uh, Coumadin or something. I don't know. I've done a bunch of them. I did one ADH, ADHD meds just because I was curious. I'm like, I don't do this much. I kind of want to know about it. It's not going to protect my liability, but I want to know, you know what I'm looking at. So the value is there. I, it just, it would, it would, it's in your best interest to spend the, I don't know, I think I just re, rejoined again, and I think it was like, what, 150 bucks? And I, I can't remember. It wasn't that much. It's, it's a lot of money at Christmas time. I get it. But th- these are the people that are going to make your life easier down the line. They're the ones that are levying for us to get better authority. I, I, 80,000 of 234? We could do better than that. I just and, and I get nothing from AANP. I wish I wish I would. If you guys want to endorse the show, I'll you know I'll take your money. <laughs> Put me on your main page. I'd love it. But but that's that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I just I'm trying to encourage you guys to to be a proponent for our profession. And and one way of doing it is to to send some money to an organization that lobbies for us to get to get full practice authority in jurisdictions that that are close. And when there's problems with 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 um, what you're facing, they they um, they're the ones that, that you go to and say, "Look, I have a problem with this. Help me out." They've got attorneys on staff that not they they won't help you, but they may use that as a political football to pressure a legislator to to get something done. So you, you gotta you gotta interact with that. I don't go to the conferences. I just didn't have time this year. I would love to go to the a, the the AANP conference. It was in DC or somewhere. I heard it was awesome, but it, maybe in the future I'll get to go. I, I hope I do. Hope I get to meet some of you guys. But join AANP. It's it's our organization. ANCC is not. Everybody confuses that. That's magnet. That's magnet status crap. Now, if you're going to go work in a hospital and you want to be ANCC, I get it. I don't care which one you do for certification. But if you're going to be ANCC certified, there's no reason you can't join AANP and help support our profession. Because ANCC does not look out for you the way that AANP does. So that's my that's my spiel for the day on that. So um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope I cleared it up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I keep making it, make it more uh, messy. I don't know. Go back and listen to the Malpractice Show. Go listen to the insurance shows. Those are the good ones. A lot of people like those. Those seem to be getting hit pretty hard. Don't forget you can support this show in a couple ways. I do this twice twice every show because I want to make sure that you guys understand because sometimes people skip right to the meat of the show and then they don't listen. You can support by sharing the show. You guys are doing a great job. I want to get to that 2,000 mark. We're like 170 away. We could do that in like two weeks if you guys really wanted to help out by sharing the show, telling your friends, letting people know about it. We got kind of a a holiday coming up here, sitting around, watching football and eating turkey and uh, listening to the NP dude. So new holiday tradition. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. So uh, support the show, guys. Don't forget that uh, you can send me your comments or questions. Jeff at the mp2.com. Catch me on Facebook. And if you need your contracts uh, reviewed, give me, a, give me a try. I'll be happy to give you a hell of a service for a really good price. So um, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I probably won't do a show until after Thanksgiving. So have a happy holiday. Uh, spend it with friends. If you're working, be safe, be smart, and we'll talk soon.